Hello and welcome to the Permission to Eat podcast. I'm your host, Libby Parker, registered dietitian and coach for those wanting to have a life beyond an eating disorder. If you're looking for a no-nonsense pep talk with a dose of science and probably a few theater references, you're in the right place. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hi, everybody. We're back to our intuitive eating series. Today, we're going to be discussing principle six, discover the satisfaction factor. I think this goes along with so much of permission to eat. In fact, they mentioned the term permission to eat several times in this chapter uh, because it really drives all of the other principles of intuitive eating, the satisfaction piece. As the authors, uh, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Raish state, so I have uh, page 133 in intuitive eating. If you're still in diet mentality when you eat, it's likely you're either not choosing the most satisfying food, or if you do choose it, you're judging yourself for eating it. So what we're looking at in this principle is that pleasure can actually be a goal of eating. It can be a main goal of eating because if we're not thinking about the satisfaction of our food, we're not going, oh my gosh, I just have so much to say about this. (laughs) I can't even put that all into a sentence. So let's dig in some more. Discovering the satisfaction factor. So The Japanese have a goal of their health promotion as make all activities pertaining to food and eating pleasurable ones. That sounds really foreign to Americans, I think, if we've grown up here, because we're all in this thing of, is it doing the most for us? Is it the healthiest? Is it going to make us lose weight? Is it going to do this? Is it going to do that? And The Japanese and frankly, probably many other cultures are looking at pleasure being a main component of what our daily eating should look like. And there's a really great reason for that. We actually are going to have greater satisfaction. We're going to eat better. We're probably going to actually eat more variety. We're going to be healthier overall. And there's that elephant in the room of does intuitive eating cause weight loss? And that, of course, is not the goal of intuitive eating. But if you're someone who's overeating because you're not satisfying yourself and you're seeking out foods over and over again, and we'll talk more about this, you might actually be putting on more weight than you would if you were eating intuitively. So we're going to get into some of this stuff. So this chapter was probably one of my favorite ones in the intuitive eating book because it just feels very natural and it feels very much like my experience. So I'm actually going to read an excerpt from my book, Permission to Eat. And this is something I talk to my clients about all the time and I feel like so many people have the same experience. So this is from Permission to Eat, page 82. This is my experience. So meeting a craving. Have you ever done this? A warm pan of brownies is cooling. They look amazing, pudgy and fresh. I could have a small one. No, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna have the carrots instead. Damn, the brownies still sound so good. Okay, dinner time. I'm gonna need a balanced dinner. I still want a brownie. I'll have an apple instead. Still not satisfying the desire for that brownie. It's now late. I've been battling this craving all day. I need half a pan of brownies. I feel sick and worse ashamed. 
It should have been stronger than the siren call of the brownies. This used to be a frequent occurrence for me until I learned how to just eat the brownie when I first wanted it. I learned that if I ate the food I craved when I first craved it, this pattern stopped completely. And I've explained this pattern to my clients all the time who nod just wide-eyed at me. Yes, yes, this happens all the time. When they just eat, when you try to eat a food that you crave up front, you can be amazed with your ability to eat a reasonable portion and leave the rest. So this is intuitive eating, right? When we have these forbidden foods, you know, for me in this scenario, it used to be brownies. So it creates a deprivation that makes you want them more. And when you get the chance after you've been telling yourself not to have them for so long, you're gonna overeat. And that makes us believe that we have no willpower or that these foods are quote unquote fattening when it's really not about the food. It's not the food at all, but our guilt and shame are what's creating this problem. If we had just had that food that we craved, again, in this example, the brownie, when you first want it and you truly enjoy it, you take that time to eat it, experience it, taste it, maybe you just eat one brownie. Or I think a lot of people are like, well, I can only eat X amount. Well, maybe that X amount, whether it's you know the serving size on the package or whatever, is not the satisfying amount. The serving size on a package of food is not necessarily the portion size that a normal human eats. So maybe it's the equivalent of a brownie and a half or something is what's satisfying to me, right? That's still far better for me than eating all those other foods which aren't satisfying in that moment and then eating half a pan of brownies. Can we all agree that eating one, two, even three brownies is probably a better choice than eating half a pan of brownies, which is the equivalent of like, I don't know, nine brownies or something, right? So when we're eating these foods and we first want them, when we know that that's gonna be the food that will satisfy it, that's what we're craving, you're going to eat less later on. Now that's where we get into this thing of can intuitive eating cause weight loss or weight maintenance? And frankly, yes. But again, that's not the purpose of intuitive eating. So anyone who is trying to explain intuitive eating as a diet or a method of weight loss, that's twisting it into diet culture. It's really allowing our body to notice what feels good. When are we satisfied? When do we feel pleasure from our food? Are we satisfying our hunger and fullness cues as we've been talking about through these other principles? And that's gonna allow your body to figure out its weight for itself. That might mean that you lose some weight. That might mean that you gain some weight. That might mean that you maintain your weight. And honestly, we all know that bodies fluctuate day to day anyway, so I want you to throw away that scale. That's not the point of this. But know that if your thing is that you overeat or you eat all these foods and that aren't satisfying, all these diet foods, like the authors of the book go into like, you know, we eat the fat-free spread on the rice cake instead of having the chocolate cookie that we crave. Well, yeah, we're, we're probably gonna lose a little weight if you're overeating on these things because you're trying to avoid them. Okay, so that's, that's my spiel on that. Um, it, it can potentially cause weight loss, but that's not the point.
okay? What the point is, is that food is supposed to be pleasurable. It's not just about nutrition. It's about enjoying our food, enjoying our life, like we talked about in the example from Japanese and other cultures. I mean, you go to Europe, they're having two, three hour meals because they're sitting and savoring and enjoying their food. We're spending time getting to experience all of the flavors of it, right? So some things that you guys can be doing to really implement this satisfaction factor piece is trying some things like mindful eating. So if you have purchased permission to eat and you go into the bonuses on the website, I have a mindful eating audio guide. It's about five minutes long, so it won't take you very much time, but it will help you notice all the different senses with the food. So smell, taste, appearance, texture, aroma, you know, all of the things and how we experience our food. And I'm not saying that we need to have this really drawn out mindful ex eating experience every time we eat, but it's good to do it every now and then to kind of have these check-ins with yourself. When we check in with ourselves, we're seeing how the food is tasting to us. And if we're checking in throughout our eating experience, throughout the meal, we're going to see if the food is still tasting good. So something that happens is we have sensory specific satiety. So our gustatory system, which involves all of our senses, but particularly taste and olfactory or sense of smell, it actually diminishes the enjoyment of the food after a few bites. So if you've ever experienced like that first bite of something that looks really good and you're just like, oh, that looks so tasty, smells so good. And it's just, you eat that and you're like, oh, that's such a good good first bite. It's so yummy. It's so satisfying. And you have a couple of those bites and then you get three to five bites in. It's like, eh, I mean, it tastes good, but it's okay. And then you get 10 bites in and you're like, eh, okay, I'm good. Like, it's not that it's fine. That's something that we want to pay attention to as well. Food's going to taste better those first few bites and you don't have to finish something. It's actually okay if you don't finish something because it doesn't taste good anymore. My caveat on this is if you're recovering from a restrictive eating disorder, you might have to push through what your body is telling you because yes, we need to eat enough, right? So intuitive eating is our end goal. If you're not there yet, there are some steps that we build up to get to intuitive eating. But if you're at the place of intuitive eating, yeah, if the food is not tasting good anymore, you don't have to finish it. Whether it's eating half a cookie, and there's actually, I haven't read it yet, but there's a book titled The Joy of Half a Cookie or The Joy of Eating Half a Cookie. It sounds so funny, but it's so true. Like you don't have to finish something if it's not tasting good anymore. You don't have to finish that meal just because it's there. You can go get those foods again some other time. I'm gonna say that again. You don't have to necessarily finish something if it's not tasting good anymore with the exception of if you're recovering from restrictive eating and you need to eat enough because the food will still be there tomorrow. You can buy more, you can make more. It's not gonna just go away and this will make it more satisfying and you're actually gonna eat more variety and have a better overall nutrition plan if you're listening to your body's cues and listening to satiety. So on this note, uh, the authors on page 143 talk about variety. And so of course variety is gonna be great for your nutrition. 
going to be great for your health to have a variety of foods. We're going to get all those different vitamins, minerals, macros, all that stuff. It's wonderful. But we see this thing that if certain foods aren't around, you feel like you're going to be less tempted to overeat, right? Who here has done this? You're like, oh, every time I have that bag of chips in the house, I eat the whole thing or I overeat on it. So I just shouldn't keep it around. That's actually the opposite of what we want you to be doing in order to make that food normalize and actually eat intuitively. So the reality, this is uh, quoting from the intuitive eating book. The reality is that the lack of appealing food choices creates a sense of deprivation and promotes a creative food foraging experience that never seems to produce a satisfying result. Give yourself the gift of keeping a variety of foods around. Finding satisfaction in your eating will be a futile attempt if what you want isn't there. So we want to keep these foods around. And if you've worked with me before, you've probably had the experience of hearing my thing about any of these, you know, so-called trigger foods, the ones that you're like, oh, I can't eat that around because I binge on it or I overeat on it. I've probably challenged you to keep that food in the house because if it's around all the time, it becomes just another food in your cabinet. And then you're not going to overeat on it because you can have it whenever. There's a, a much deeper topic for another uh, episode or for working one-on-one, -on -one. but the, the point is if we keep the foods around that we love, we're actually going to normalize them and have them be a part of our eating experience, but we're not going to go crazy with them. Right? So some things I want you to work on is to make a list of foods that you truly enjoy and give yourself unconditional permission to eat them. This is going to be scary at first because if you haven't been letting yourself have these foods, you might binge on them for a little bit or eat more than you anticipate, even if it's not a true binge, right? I don't want you to freak out about that. It's something where if you keep them around, they're going to normalize and you can actually sit down and savor them and enjoy them. On that note, we also want to create a positive, comfortable eating environment to enjoy these foods. So rather than, you know, just scarfing them down when you're in a rush or driving or whatever, what if you took these foods that you really enjoy? And honestly, it'd be nice if we could do all of our meals this way, but I get it. I have a busy life too, but have moments where we create this really beautiful experience, set the table, light a candle if you want, um, but just take some time to savor the food. Enjoy those bites. Experience the mindfulness of eating. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to stop? Do you actually like this food or is it something that you thought you did? that can be a really eye-opening experience. And then note how you're feeling after you eat them. If you're eating things that taste good and are satisfying a craving, and you're noticing when they stop tasting good because of that diminishing taste experience, and so you stop eating, and if you're still hungry, maybe you go on to a different food, it's going to feel good in your body and in your mind. It's not gonna create that guilt. So I really want you to try these. I think you're gonna have a much more beautiful experience with food if you're focusing on discovering the satisfaction factor of your food. 
And I really encourage you to check out this book, Intuitive Eating. Again, I'm not getting paid to promote this. I just think it's a really great book uh, and a really great philosophy, which I teach all my clients. So thank you for being here for this episode. We've got a few more in this series. And I also want to let you know that our group, Permission to Eat with Confidence, is opening up again in June. This is an online support group open globally to young adults who are female or non-binary, who are working through disordered eating or an eating disorder and want the community experience of a support group with coaching from registered dietitians on how to work through your eating disorder and feel better about your experience with food, work towards intuitive eating. And this is at any level of recovery. So we hope you'll join us. You can check out the link in the show notes, or if you go to the website, notyouraveragenutritionist.com under services, it should be the first tab under services for the membership group. You can see more information about that or register. We're doing three months sessions and our next one is June through August. So this is a great time for everyone who is on college break and wants to kickstart their recovery or work on a good maintenance plan if you're coming out of treatment. This is going to help you. So I hope I see you there and I will see you next week with another podcast episode. Want more? Please find me on social media at Dietitian Libby. Check out my book, Permission to Eat, on Amazon or wherever you buy books online, or go way deeper with accountability in my monthly membership support group, Permission to Eat with Confidence. I'd love to have you join our amazing group of people helping lift each other up and create big wins in their recovery journey. You can learn about all of these on my website, notyouraveragenutritionist.com. Oh, and one last thing. If you love this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and let me know what you specifically love so that I can build on that. Those five-star reviews help it come up in recommended shows so that others can find it and get just as much out of it as you do. If this episode really spoke to you, please take a screenshot and share on social media. Thanks so much.